Now, what we want to do this morning is continue. I always like to say that I do not minister the same message I minister in the morning time. I join information. That means whatever I taught you this morning, I'm going to give you more information to go with that. I teach series, and the series we're teaching on now is the temple of God. And when you're going to teach on the temple of God, you got to make sure that you have all the parts. First of all, we're going to show you what the temple is. And a lot of times people go to church all their life and they never know who they are. My responsibility is to tell you who you are and compare it to spiritual things. My job is to show you what happened in the Old Covenant and that's how Paul got the revelation. And then he also to show you what it is in the New Covenant. And when you can see how God dealt with the temple in the Old Covenant, I'm going to show you how God dealt with the temple in the Old Covenant. I'm going to tell you what the temple in the Old Covenant was. I'm going to show you everything. And then I'm going to show you what's in the temple. So you got to understand something. God showed us in the Old Covenant what's in the temple. Everything that was in the temple in the Old Covenant is in the temple now. God reverenced the Old Covenant. He wants you to reverence the New Covenant. The New Temple. All right. So, but God destroyed the old temple. Now, that's what we left off with last, with this week. We started this morning on part three on the temple of God. So that's why God just showed you in 2 Corinthians chapter six, you are the temple of the living God. Now, that, that, that just blows me away when I studied the word of God and found out that I am the temple of the living God. That means that God all you talking about in the Old Testament, the I am, live right here. The one who opened up the Red Sea for Israel to go across on dry land, live right here. What an awesome thing. The one that created Adam in the garden, put him in the garden of Eden, live right here. See, when you begin to realize where God lives, and who is change your life forever. Because everything that, that I do today is based on my fear of him that's here. My respect. My honor for the God that lives in me. And I like to say it this way. He said this to me when I first started ministry. I never forgot it. He showed me, he said, take care of my business. I take care of your business. Well, I know what his business is now. The house, the temple. Now I know why he created Adam. So he has a house to live in while he was in the garden. Now I know what he said when he said to Adam, Adam, where are you? Isn't that something? The house that God was supposed to sleep in that night was, had moved around. Where are you? Adam says, I hid myself. I was afraid. See, God knew something had happened to his house. You see, that's why when Jesus came, they followed him and they says, Lord, where do you stay? He said, foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Why was that? Moses met him. He was in the garden. I'm sorry, in the mountain. 
in the mountain of Sinai. But he's not there no more. And then the new covenant say he was in Mount Zion. We found out what Mount Zion was. It was the temple that was in Jerusalem. Israel knew what God was. They knew he was in the temple. In the Old Testament, everybody knew where God was. That's why they went to Jerusalem. Because God was always in the temple. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, they went out and they could see the cloud over them every day. And they knew that's what God was. And at night, they could see the fire. I'm talking about the glory of God. The fire of God was over the camp of Israel. Now, we're talking about over two million people here. But God was in the fire. They saw so much. They knew so much. They knew where God was. And yet they built a calf. What a, what a shame. See, so my job is to tell you about God, tell you what God is. Not to be afraid of God, but reverence him, respect him. I believe with all of my heart, I believe with all of my heart that how God blesses you will be based on how you live and treat the temple. Now, that's an, that's an awesome thing, but I, I just believe that. If you live and, and, and take care of God's house, you will see God take care of you. I really believe that. And I, I believe that because when God told us to, to build this church, I know this is not the house that God lives in, but this is the place God told us to build. And when God told us to build this place, I believe God wanted to make sure that his house had a place to come to to get taught the word of God. And that's where we never lost focus. I know what I'm here to do. So get your Bibles, uh, uh, your pencil, your paper, because we're going to get right, in this, right into this. We're going to dive in it, as a matter of fact. That's, that's how, how much I want to get in here. So we're already talking about the, the temple of God. We told you that this morning. But I want to talk about this. Let's go to Genesis 1, because Genesis 1. Now this morning, you have to get this morning tape, uh, because what I try to do this morning is make sure that you have understanding. That's, that's my responsibility. So we talked about this morning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, God told you what he created in the beginning. And then I'm going to fast forward to Revelation chapter 21. After that, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 and verse 2. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then he said this, the earth was without form. Now I'm going to show you that what was really without form, the earth was. But here he called it the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now we see what God created. Out of everything else he created, he put it in the heaven and the earth. So when you go on, you see God created two, two lights, two great lights. 
want to rule the day, want to rule the night. Everything was to take care of what he's already created. Now, but he's not talking about the physical, what you see. He's talking about the spiritual because the natural was first. First the natural, then the spiritual. So what God did was he created the heaven and earth in Jerusalem. See, and he created it just like he created what you see outside. He made his stars, and the stars were the, was the leaders of the tribes of Israel. They call them 12 stars. And so in the book of Revelation, when there was tribulation, you saw the stars fall from heaven. Heaven was Jerusalem. See, everything that God did, he showed us types of it. And that's what we must understand. All right. Now, let's take that from there. Now, I gave that Genesis chapter one. Now I want to go to Revelation. Let's go all the way over to the book of Revelation chapter 21. In the book of Revelation chapter number 21, my subject once again is last week we talked about God created the heaven and earth. This week we talked about God destroyed the heaven and the earth. It's not going to happen. It's already happened. God destroyed the heaven and the earth. All right. Now, let's go to Revelation chapter number 21. And we're going to look at verse 1. Showed you God destroyed the heaven and the earth. And I saw a new heaven. Wait a minute. What happened to the old one? I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. So he told you they were passed away. Now John is not asking you what you think. John is telling you what he did. He says, and I saw a new heaven and new, new earth. The, and then he said the first heaven and first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I gave you the no more sea. I gave you two places this morning. I gave you Jeremiah 27 and verse 19 that it was the bronze baptism pool. That was Jeremiah 27 and 19 that sat before the tabernacle that the priest had to wash in. That was passed away. There was no more sea. And that was left. When you read that, you found out that Nebuchadnezzar, when he took them into captivity, he left the pillars to the temple. He left the basins to the temple. He left all of the, that big thing that they baptized in, which was called the brazen lava. Okay? And then my wife gave me another one this morning in Second Chronicles 4.25 or something like that. Sorry, 24.25. It told you it was for washing. Matter of fact, I think I just do that. I think I, wait, I just take the time and do it. Let's show you what the sea is. Here it says... John said there were no more sheep. Look at, look at it, look at, we're going to just do it out the NLT now, only. NLT, we're going to look at Jeremiah. Uh, so you can mark this in your Bible. So if you didn't, you didn't get a chance this morning, mark it in your Bible. So when the Bible said no more sea, he's not talking about the Pacific Ocean. Or one like it, you know what I mean? So in Jeremiah... I'm going to read Jeremiah chapter number 27. I'm going to make this fast because I got to get somewhere. 
I'm going to do it out of the NLT. That's, that's what I'm turning to now. Jeremiah 27, and we're going to read out the NLT. That's what I'm waiting on the screen. Jeremiah 27 and verse 19 out the NLT. Just one verse. There we go. For the Lord of the heaven armies has spoken about the pillars in the front of the temple, the great bronze basin called the sea. I told you what his name. The great bronze basin called the sea. The water carts and all the other ceremonial articles because this is what they baptized. Now let's go over and show you the same thing in 2 Chronicles. That means you're going to back all the way back up uh, after the kings and you get to 1st and 2nd Chronicles. 2nd Chronicles 24, I think it was. 2nd Chronicles chapter 4, I'm sorry. See, if you mark these in your Bible, you can understand. He's talking about they didn't have to worry about baptism anymore. There were no more seed. And yet people think you got to be baptized for your salvation. 2nd Chronicles uh, chapter 4, and what verse you want? Verse 6. All right. He also made, I'm waiting on the screen, there we go. He also made 10 smaller basins for washing, the utensils for the burnt offering. He set five on the south side and five on the north. But the priests washed, washed themselves in the sea. The priests washed themselves in the sea. It was called a baptism pool. It was called the sea. He cast, verse number seven, he then cast 10 gold lampstands according to the specific, see, I won't go there. Verse six is what you really need. That's all you need. That's what it was, man. It's called the Great Basin. Yeah, the Great Basin, but they called the sea. It was a great, great big old place that had water, so they had that for the priest to wash. That's where he would wash that after he served. All right. Now, I'm just showing that to you so you know what the sea is. So Revelation said there was no more. All right. No more sea. All right. And then verse number two says, and I, John, we're going back to the King James, in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse two, out of the King James. And I, John, saw the holy city. Now, why am I dealing with the holy city? Because this is the, this is the heaven and the earth. That God destroyed. He destroyed the, the heaven and the earth. He destroyed the old Jerusalem and the old city. The old temple. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. Because see, the old Jews had been short. Coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them. They shall be his people. God himself shall be with them and be their God. And verse 4 says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are, not going to, the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon his throne said, Listen, I make all things new. And he said, Right, for these words are true and faithful. All right? Now, that's already happened. So what, what we are looking at now is First Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4. Because this is what we're talking about today. Last week we talked about God created the heaven and earth. This week we talked about uh, God destroyed the heaven and earth. 
Last week was what? God created the heaven and earth. This week was God destroyed the heaven and earth. All right. Now let's show you 1 Peter 4. We, we get into we our message. 1 Peter chapter 4. See, everyone talked about the same thing. Paul talked about it. Peter talked about it. John talked about it. And all you got to do is Google it. You can see it's already been destroyed. And I'm going to show you something else you can go by. First uh, Peter, that's where we're going. First Peter chapter 4 and verse number 17. That's where we're at. We're just going to do one verse. First Peter 4, 17. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. Remember, the house of God was in Jerusalem. That's where judgment started. Now, the reason judgment started when I get to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, I'm going to show you the reason judgment started at the house of God. One of the reasons was because the devil had taken over the temple. That was natural. That's why 1 Peter 4, 17 is natural, the natural temple. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it begin at us, and he's telling you that they were the house of God. If it begin at us, what shall the end of these things be that end of those things be to those people who obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? All right. So that's how it works. Now you remember what Peter, Peter, go to Second Peter. Peter's the one that told you what happened. In 2 Peter chapter 3, and looking at verse number 10. See, Peter's the one, was one of the prophets, uh, apostles, who told us what's going to happen. He said, 2 Peter chapter, two, uh, chapter 3 and verse 10, he said, but the, but the day of the Lord will come. Now, why did they knew about the day of the Lord? Why did, how did he know about the day of the Lord? All the Old Testament prophets talked about the day of the Lord. Matter of fact, we're going to go back and show it to you. After this, you want to write down Malachi chapter 3, Malachi chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 1 in both of those chapters. Because they already talked about the day of the Lord. They already talked about it in the book of Joel. All the Old Testament prophets had talked about the day of the Lord will come. But here he's saying, in verse 10, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. That's why when you read Thessalonians, that's how he came as a thief in the night. In the which the heavens and the earth shall pass away. The Bible says the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Everything there in it, in the temple, going to melt with fervent heat. And then he said the earth. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to show you the heaven and the earth and what they, what they were. Just a moment. You can write those down. I'm going to go to Isaiah 65 verse 17. Show you the heaven. I'm going to go there next. Isaiah 65, 17. Headed to my message. Then I'm going to go to Isaiah 43 and verse 1, and I'm going to show you the earth. So you got to know what the heaven and earth is. It's not what people are telling you. It's Jerusalem and Israel. That's what was, what was destroyed. When I say Israel, I'm talking about Jacob. All right, I'm talking about the people who didn't want God. All right, but here he says the elements, the heavens, the earth, the elements 
and all the works going to be burned up. That was Second Peter chapter 3. And then verse 11 said, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, the word dissolved means destroyed, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. That's what they was waiting for. Where the heavens being on fire. Now, you know good and well the heavens not on fire. They can show you all these movies that you go to, but he talking about Jerusalem. Jerusalem was burned to the ground. The temple. The, heaven was, the heavens was being on fire. Be dissolved. That's what happened. They burned down the temple. You watch Jeremiah. Or you do go there and Google on your uh, podcast. Jeremiah, watch the story of Jeremiah on television. And you'll see they burned the temple down. Nebuchadnezzar came there and burned down the temple. And took Jehoiakim and all of the people that were with him when he was a king into Jerusalem. And all of the equipment. That's how you got the book of Daniel. When he told Bethlehem, do not drink of anything of the holy thing that was taken from the temple. See, if you read the Bible, it, all the books connect. Looking for and hasten to the coming of the day of God, where in the heavens, Jerusalem, being on fire, be dissolved, or melt, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The city was burned to the ground. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth. Well, that's what John was talking about, Revelation. We're looking for a new heaven, new earth. Well, he's not talking about a, a planet because the new heaven, new earth is above. The new Jerusalem is above, not, not on this planet. So when people telling you the Lord is coming back, we all going over to Jerusalem, don't believe that lie. Nevertheless, we according to his promise, look for new heaven and new earth. Watch this, where dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that we look for such things, be diligent that you may be found in peace without spot and blameless. And according that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved Paul also, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. So he's agreeing. Paul told them about the same thing. All right. Now I gave you some things. Let's go to them. You've been taking my notes. Let's go to Malachi, first chapter 3, and verse 1. Malachi chapter 4, and verse 1. That's if those who keep note. Everybody don't keep note. I'm not talking about you because you don't have a Bible. You do have them in the storehouse if you need one. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. Now, the Bible is laid down. Why do we have the book of Malachi? Why do we have the book of Ezra? Why do we have the book of Nehemiah? Why do we have the book of Esther? I thought you were going to take it out of my hand. Because each one of those books told you about what God is doing. If you read the book of Ezra, what are you supposed to find? Don't, don't have to worry about it. Just write it down. God had Israel to build a temple when they came out of captivity. When Israel came out of captivity... The man that came out to build the temple was named what? Ezra. That's why you have the book of Ezra. And then after that, there's another man called Nehemiah. His job was to build the wall around the temple. The first man built the temple. Why was that? Because the first thing God built was what? 
You still ain't got it. In the beginning, God created the hell. The first thing God created was the temple. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So the first thing God created was the temple. And he built it in Jerusalem, the city of the king. And then after that, he gave them the promised land in all of Israel. All right, we're going to go there in a moment. We're going to go show you Isaiah 43, and I, that's the next thing I told you that you're supposed to remember, but I'll tell you again. Isaiah 43 and 1, and also Isaiah 65 and 17. All right. Now, Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. Watch this. Verse 1. Behold, I send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. Now, how many in here can show? Now, I've asked my children, they'll tell me right now. I, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put the pressure on my children. I'm going to let anybody say it. Who was his messenger? John. On this side, I hear a few John the Baptist. All my kids should know this. I asked them kids, John the Baptist, Pastor Crump. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek, watch what he says. The Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. That means Jerusalem temple had to already be there. Because that's where Jesus came, didn't he? You remember Jesus was 12 years old when he came, first came to the temple. You remember that, right? I know you remember. I'm just bringing it to your remembrance. That they were looking for him and they went back home on a journey, on the way home, and they found out Jesus was not with them. So they turned around, came back to Jerusalem, and what did they find him at? You got it. In the temple. They found him in the temple. Teaching the people. That's where he was. And asking questions. In the temple. Guess what he was doing now? This is very important. Because I teach on that. You got to remember this. What was he doing in the temple? Somebody just found that from me. We'll give him the scripture. My wife. All right. I know this is a hard class. But I'm, I'm going to get there. The, 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 the messenger who you would seek would come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant. In whom you delight, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. And who shall abide? Now, this is the first coming of Christ. When I get to verse 5, I'm showing you the second coming of Christ. So, first thing he did was come to his temple. And then in verse number 2, you're going to get into Watch what they're going to do while he was there. But who shall, who shall abide in the day of his coming? Who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, like a fuller soap. He shall sift, sit as the refiner and purifier of silver. How many know how you purify silver? With fire. So you just Google, just, just, you got to Google, man, you're paying for it. Just Google, how do you purify silver? You got to put silver over fire and you burn it until all the dross come to the top. That's how you purify it. And that's what he's talking about here. He shall sit as a refiner of fire, purify silver. He shall purify the sons of Levi. He's going to purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. So you have to be purified first. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem is, is pleasant because they are, they're called his pleasant plants. Be as in the days of old. In verse 5, here's his second coming. 
And I will come near to you in judgment. See, that was the second time. The first time he didn't come in judgment. But the second time he came to judge. So he said, I will come near to you to judgment. I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against the false swearers, against those that oppress the hireling his wages, widows, fatherless, turn aside the strangers from his right uh, and fear of me, said the Lord of hosts. Now, how many know when did Jesus do that? If you go back and you watch, watch the Bible, you'll see every story shows you the same thing. When God came the first time, people didn't realize. In the days when God came in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he went from one end of Jerusalem to the other, one end of Israel to the other. Why did he keep doing that? You get a Thompson chain Bible and look at the back and you can see what they call the steps of Jesus. Why, was he, why did he walk the whole course? Because he was watching to see what they were doing. See, he came to see what they're doing. Why did he come to Sodom and Gomorrah? To see what they were doing. The Bible said they did not know the day of their visitation. You know, it's something for people to go to church, but they don't think the Lord ever come to that church. It's an awesome thing how many times he's seen you absent. Let, let me show you something. When you read the book of Revelation, and you'll see Jesus saying this, how did he know? Let's show you something. Let's go to the book of Revelation. See, you read stupid songs. I call them stupid songs in school. You read them so much and you, you, you believe them. But when it comes down to the Bible, you don't know that he know when you are sleeping. He know when you are awake. We use stupid stuff. See, we teach people about Santa Claus, but we don't tell them the Lord in the same way. See, people are trying to mock your God. Now watch this. In the book of Revelation chapter 1, he's writing to the seven churches. Now, these seven churches, in verse 4, let's look at Revelation 1 and 4. These seven churches are in Asia. Now, one of the things I ask this church to do, if you've got a podcast or if you have Xfinity or something like that, you can go on your YouTube and you can look at any of this stuff you see on your podcast. It's on your YouTube. All right. So you can be able to go on there and see the seven churches in Asia. Now, all those churches are ruins now because they've all been destroyed. And yet people would tell you today that the Lord is still coming. And you can look on your podcast and see all the seven churches been destroyed. Well, he's sure not coming for anybody in those. But let's look at what he says. Revelation chapter 1, verse 4. You ought to be there by now, King James, verse 4. It says, John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Asia. He's going to write to these seven churches. Then he's going to say to them, Grace be to you and peace from him which is, which was, which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. 
And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And told them in this verse, behold, he cometh with clouds. Every eye shall see him. They also which pierce him. Every kindred of the earth, every tribe of Israel, they says, shall wait shall well because of him. Amen. That's what kindreds are, tribes. Earth is Israel. All right. Now, you go down and look at that same chapter and you'll see what he was talking about. Go down in verse number uh, 17. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17. John says in verse 9, I'm your companion in tribulation. So they were in tribulation this time. Verse number 17. And when I saw him, John says, I fell as his feet as dead. He laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am the he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Look at the next verse. Write the things which thou hast seen, John, and the things which, which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars, John, which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. John, this is what they mean. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. I got the angels in my hand. Also the seven candlesticks, which you saw, John, are the seven churches. I got them. Revelation chapter 2, verse 1. Let's go to Ephesus, shall we? Now, who is the... John was the bishop of all these churches. But here, Timothy had been sent to take over Ephesus. So I know Ephesus was still there when Timothy was a pastor. He sent Timothy to Ephesus. Watch what he said to Ephesus, to these churches. I'm not reading all this. I want to show you he said the same thing to every one of these churches. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? Talking about to the, to the pastor. These things said he that hold the seven stars in his right hand. What? Right hand? Who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. What? You telling me that the Lord is walking in the middle of his church? And then he's going to tell them that he was at church Sunday. And I walked all through the church. Let's see what he saw. I know your works. How do you know all that? How do you know what they were doing? Let, let this church in Ephesus know, I know your works, I know your labor, I know your patience, how you cannot bear them that are evil, and you tried them which say the apostles are not, and found them liars. You have borne, you have patience, and for my name's sake you have labeled and have not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you because you left your first love. He telling the church, you're not in love with me. We're going to have to have Sister Jackie sing that song again. Remember, therefore, from which thou art fallen, they had fallen from grace, and repent. He, he talked to the church. You do the first work. What's the first work? Love God and love your neighbor. 
or else I will come to you quickly and I will remove your pastor out of his place except you repent. I'll come get that candlestick. I will remove your church out of its place. How did he know? And, and you also, but you have this that I hate it. You hate the deeds of Nicodemus. How did he know all of this? Because he's at the church. You are the temple of a living God and don't even know God's here. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. To him that overcometh, I will give the eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Smyrna. Unto the angel of the church of Smyrna, right? These things says the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know your works. How does he know all this? John's on the island of Patmos. I know your tribulation. I know your poverty. I know you don't have much, but you are rich. I know your blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but of the synagogues of Satan. Fear none of these things which thou hast suffered. Behold, the devil is going to cast some of you into prison and you may be tried and you're going to be there, going to have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful to death. I will give you the crown of life. He that had ill to heal, let him heal the spirit saved to the church. He that overcome shall, shall not be hurt of the second death. And then he went to Pergamon. These are the churches he was walking in the midst of and then he was telling John to write in the book what I saw. My God, what if the Lord had written in the book what he wants me to write? See, people don't think the Lord come to church. You know, isn't that something? That's what happened. That's what happened back in the, let, let me show you. I got to show you this. I want you to find me, honey. I want you to find me uh, in the book of Genesis where Jacob slept. I want you to find me. We're going we to go, go back to Genesis. We're going to find it. I may find it before you do, but. Somebody find it, just, just let me know. Je Jacob went to sleep one night. Now, this is an awesome thing. It's in Genesis, I'm telling you that. Jacob, when he left home. It's an awesome thing to know that man left home. Genesis 28, 18. See, I know my wife. My wife stay in the closet all night, bless her heart. Sleep all day in the closet all night. <laughs> me and Sandra have to tell her, honey, please go to bed. Ah, I'm coming, I gotta. Genesis 28, what verse you want? What, what, when did he leave? In Genesis 28. All right. We're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna go down there and start reading verse 15. Now watch this. Jacob left home on his way to Laban's house. He had passed by the Garden of God or the Eden, the Garden of Eden. Didn't know it. And he went to sleep that night. Now he's in Bethel, but Bethel means house of God. Watch this. In verse 15. And behold, I'm with you. This is what the Lord, this, this is the dream he had. Let's start, up, let's start up in verse 10. Jacob went out of Bathsheba. Go back to verse 10, Sandra. Jacob went out of Bathsheba and went toward Haran. He lighted up on a certain place. He didn't know this place he was staying at was Jerusalem. But he was on the way to Laban's house. So he just passing through, thought he'd take a nap. He lighted up on a certain place, tarried there all night. And because the, the sun was set, he took the stone of that place, 
put them for the pillar and laid down to the, and went to sleep. He dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. Behold the angel of God ascended and descended upon it and behold the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land where you lie, the place you land right now, to thee will I give it, which was the land of Canaan, and to your seed. And to thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread forth to the west and to the east, and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now he just, God talking to him in his sleep. So he just, you know, it's nice here, you know, peaceful, angels walking everywhere. He don't realize he's in church. And behold, I'm with you, and I will keep you in all places whether you go. I'll bring you again to this land, for I will not leave you until I've done all that I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awake out of his sleep. And watch what Jacob said when he went to church that day. Surely the Lord is in this place. Now isn't that something... You go to church and you don't even know where the Lord is. No, let me put it this way. You at home in the bed, don't know the Lord is. You in your car driving, you don't even know the Lord is. You are the temple of the Lord. Why would you, why is it so strange to feel like where God is? God is in you. When you come to church, you bring God to church. But I believe there is a manifestation of the spirit of a living God that flows through this building every time we come together. I really believe that. So don't start looking around. Just get him in you. All right. Don't be like this man. The Lord is in this place. I didn't know it. Watch what he says. Watch what he says now. Verse 15. The Lord said, I'm with you. I will not leave you. And then watch what he said in verse, in verse number seven. Now, verse 16, I'm sorry. And Jacob wake out of his sleep and Jacob says, surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. See, that's how it is with people. The Lord is in them. They don't even know it. Now, if he's not in there, you're not the house of God. Somebody else in there. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God. Somebody bumped yourself and said, this is the house of God. Somebody said, ooh we, this is the house of God. Man, when you realize this is where God lives at and you think about all the stuff God did in the Bible, even the creator, he lived right here. Oh my God. He was afraid and said, how dreadful this place. This is none other but the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Oh, my God. If anybody going to ever get to know God, God created you as the house of God. God put his house in you so somebody else will know the way. You are the very gate. You are the gate to the entrance. If anybody get there, they got it. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You the same way. God put Christ in you so somebody can find their way. You got to always understand everybody that's drawn to you. 
Listen to me. Everybody that's drawn to you is not drawn to you to be a boyfriend and girlfriend. God needs somebody to find the way. That's what they hook them up with you. I've seen so many people come to this church. They thought they had a boyfriend and a girlfriend. They're already gone. The person's still here. See, God didn't hook them up to be your girlfriend or boyfriend. They want them to find Christ. Now, now they found Christ. Oh, they, I thought they want me. They didn't have to want you. They, you know, thank God if you, if, if they, if thank God if they wanted you and stayed with you. But the key was they found a church. Now, let me ask you a question. How many people, if you don't mind by saying that, came here because somebody else did and they already gone and you still here? You're not ashamed. What? Look at the hand. I'm just how it works. God will have you to come with somebody else to find him. And once you find him, it's like, you can leave where you want him. <laughs> I found what I've been looking for. Come on, clap your hand. I'm telling you, that's how it is. Jacob said, the Lord is in this house, and I didn't even know it. It was a place where they built a church called Bethel, and that church, Bethel, is, was the house of God. And that's who you are. Now, let's go look at two things I told you. Genesis chapter, I'm sorry, Isaiah 65 and verse 17. I got to get back on course. That cannot be right. Isaiah chapter 65. Now, Isaiah 65, you're only going to find two things that God created in the Bible, and that is the heaven and the earth. Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 17. Just that verse is on the screen. All right, there it is. For behold, I create new heavens and new earth. Now, this is the same thing that John said in Revelation chapter 21. He created a new heaven and new earth because he destroyed the old heaven and the old earth. He destroyed the old Jerusalem. Now, I'm going to show you that in Matthew chapter 25. Well, somebody can find me that, that Jesus said about Jerusalem. Old Jerusalem. That's the verse you're going to look for. Old Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How often would I have got? He's going to tell you everything. He's going to tell you about their destruction. Behold, I create new heaven and new earth. The former shall not be remembered nor come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I created. For behold, I create Jerusalem. Well, he started out saying, I create new heaven and new earth. He said, I create Jerusalem, a rejoicing, and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. So he's talking about Jerusalem, the temple, and the people, the heaven and earth. So Isaiah 43, let's go back there. And Isaiah chapter 43. See, this stuff, when I begin to catch on, man, I'm going like, oh, man, I've been deceived. All that stuff I thought I would believe in. You got people still today, they tell you they're monsters. You read the book of Ezekiel. I'm going to go to Ezekiel just a moment. Ezekiel chapter number 8 and, and 9, right in there. It said, but now, Isaiah 43, 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel. Fear not, I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name. That's who God created. And then in verse number 7. It said, verse 7, even everyone that's called by my name, for I have created him for my glory, I have formed him, I have made him. Who is he talking about? Go down to verse number 15, you'll see. In verse 15, I am the Lord, the Holy One, the creator, the creator of Israel. So he created Israel, he created Jacob. Okay, 
your king. That's why Jacob was the multiplier of the church. Verse 21. Verse 21. This people have I formed for myself. They, they shall show forth my praise. I don't have time to read all that. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 8. No, they have to get it. Just give me the verse. Luke chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. Put it on the screen, I'll read it. Luke chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. Luke chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. I'll read it for them. Be nice today. Heard some feeling last week, so I got I to gotta catch up. Luke chapter 13, verse 34, talked about Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which kills the prophets, stoned them that I sent to you. How often would I have gathered your children as a hand that gathered her, her chicks under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left under you desolate. Verily I say to you, you shall not see me on time until you say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. One place it said there should not be one stone left upon another. It's not thrown down. Destruction of Jerusalem. All right, let's go to the eighth chapter of Ezekiel quickly. It's not enough time in the day. Ezekiel chapter 8 will tell you that God visited the temple. I'm going to read that the NLT. Go up down one side, come down another. The 13, y'all be wondering why I be tipping. You wear 13, you walk slow too. You get them boys tangled up, you're done. Ezekiel chapter 13, I mean, sorry, chapter 8, out of the NLT. There it is. There it is. Ezekiel chapter 8. Idolatry in the temple. That's what it's about. God told, now God called Ezekiel. This was his mission. To go to Israel. Now remember, he's in Babylon. He's in captivity. One day God, after he called him, he took him by the lock of his neck. Took him all the way because he's praying for Israel. Oh, remember those remnants that you left back there. Come here, boy. Took him by the neck, took him to the roots to look. Let me show you something. Then September the 17th, on the screen, there we go. During the sixth year of King Jehoiakim captivity, while the leaders of Judah were in my home, the sovereign Lord took hold of me. I saw the figure that appeared to be as a man. What appeared to be his waist down, he looked like burning flame. From the waist up, he looked like gleaming ember. He reached out what seemed to be a hand and took me by the hair. Then the spirit looked me up into the sky and transported me to Jerusalem in a vision from God. I was taken to the north gate of the temple, the court of the temple, where there's a large idol that has that has made the Lord very jealous. Suddenly, the glory of God of Israel was there, just as I had seen before in the valley. Then the Lord said to me, Son of man, 
Look now to the north. So I looked, and there to the north, beside the entrance of the gate near the altar, stood the idol that had made the Lord so jealous. Somebody said, Lord is jealous of any idols. That's why the Bible said, thou shalt have no God before me. He hate idols. That's why he told people don't make them. Because people make them, it's like them. And he tried to make them like they're gods. All right, son of man, have, watch what he said. Do you see what they're doing? See, he got, got him by the head. You know, yeah, I see it, Lord. Do you see the detestable sins the people of Israel are co committing to drive me from the temple? What they're doing for God, they're driving me from the temple. When people don't live right, what are they doing? Driving God from the temple. But come, you will see even more desperate things than these. Then he brought me to the door of the temple to the courtyard where I could see a hole in the wall. He said to me, now son of man, dig in the wall. So I dug in the wall and found a hidden door. He said, look, go in. See what the wicked and the desperate sin they are committing in there. So I went in. How did God know all of this? Because he's always in the church. Well, we are gathered together, there am I in the? Well, two or three are gathered together, there am I in the? Find the verse. See, people don't realize when we come to church, he come to church. Why do you think people don't want to come in church? They don't want to be around God. He said, I saw the hole in the wall. He said, go in there, Dick. Let me show you something. So I went in. So I saw the wall. In, I saw on the wall engraved with all kinds of crawling animals, desperate creatures. I saw the visions of idols worshipped by the people of Israel. Seventy leaders of Israel. Now, next chapter, they're going to get killed. These same seventy. Seventy leaders of Israel were standing with, with, with uh, Jehazaniah, the son of Shaphan, in the center. Each of them held the incense burner, which with a cloud of incense rose up above their heads. Then the Lord said to me, Son of man, have you seen what the leaders of Israel are doing here? Do you see this? They worshiping these idols in the dark, and they're saying the Lord don't see us. He has deserted our land. Then the Lord added, come on, come on, let me show you something. I will show you even greater abomination than these. He brought me to the north gate of the, of the Lord's temple. Some women were sitting there weeping for, for the God Tamar's. Have you seen this, he asked. But I will show you even more desperate things than these. He brought me into the inner courtyard of the Lord's temple at the entrance of the sanctuary between the entrance room and the bronze altar. There was about 25 men with their backs to the sanctuary of the Lord. Had turned their back on God. They were facing the east. Wonder what they're facing the east from. You know what comes from the east. Bound themselves to the ground worshiping the sun. You'd be surprised with people. Have you seen this, son of man? He asked, is it nothing for the people of Judah that they commit the desperate sin leading the whole nation into violence? The church is leading the nation into violence? 
thundering their nose at me, thumbing their nose up at me. I see them provoking me to anger. Therefore, I will respond in theory. I would neither pity nor spare them. Although they cry for mercy, I would not listen. That's why you have chapter 9, and that's when he just slaughtered them. Then the Lord thunder, bring on the men appointed to punish the city. Tell them to bring their weapons with them. I want six angels. Six angels appeared to the upper gate facing the north, carrying their deadly weapon in their hand. With, the, with them was a man dressed in linen who carried the, the writer's case at his side, an ink horn. They all went in. The temple courtyards, they stood beside the bronze altar. The glory of the God of Israel rose up between the cherubim where the, he had rested and moved to the entrance of the temple. The Lord called the man dressed in linen who was carrying the writer's case. He said to him, walk through the streets of Jerusalem. Put a mark on the foreheads of all who weep and sigh because the desperate thing they're doing committing in their city. Then I heard the Lord say to the other man, follow him through the city. Kill everyone whose forehead is not marked. Show no mercy. Have no pity. Kill them all. And all young men, you talking about you waiting on the Lord to return? You ain't waiting on the Lord. Kill them all, young and old, girls and women, little children. But do not touch anyone with a mark. Now next time I'm going to show you, they put the word Jesus on their forehead. And everyone had the name Jesus on their forehead, the devil couldn't touch them. You don't have Jesus on your forehead, you better have Christ in your heart. If Christ in your heart, listen, the devil cannot touch you. God already told the devil and all his demons, the devil's already been defeated, but all his demons, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm, said the Lord. Tell, tell them, look, get your hands up. Look, tell, tell somebody, get your hands up. You can't even put, I'm talking about for evil. Because God has already put in his word. I, ain't, I don't have time for this. Isaiah 54, 17 said no weapon. Somebody ought to stand up on his feet. Come on. No weapon formed against me can prosper. Say it. Say no weapon formed against me can prosper. Come on, you can stand up. I'm not going to teach no more. I want you to get what I got. Say no weapon formed against me can prosper. Say no weapon. I don't care what people do. Come on, say I don't care what people do. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rise against me thou shalt condemn saith the Lord. This is the heritage of the Lord and my righteousness is of the Lord. Say, my righteousness is of the Lord. Clap your hands and thank the Lord for it. You got to believe what the word says. You got to believe what the word says. You got to believe what the word says. But you must have Christ in your heart. When I get to this, I'm going to show you that God put the gold inside the temple. My God Almighty. On the outside, he's going to have layers and layers of badger skin. He's going to have all types of skin on the outside. 
goat skin, badger skin, all kinds of skin. I'm talking about six layers at a time. Cause no light can get in the temple. But on the inside, it's wood, but it was overlaid with gold. Wood means a soul, a human nature, but it's gonna have gold overlaid it because God is gold. Inside of you, you shine like gold because God lives in the temple. You are the very temple of the living God. Oh, hallelujah. Look at somebody say, I'm full of God. Come on, say, I'm full of God. Oh my God, I'm full of gold. I'm full of God. Don't you know Christ is the express image of the Godhead bodily and Christ is the richest of God and he lives in the temple. My God Almighty, if you only knew what you have, you would not want an idol. Believe Christ died for your sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. Receive him into your heart. For the door of faith has been opened unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.